Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings and it is Friday the 3rd of June. And as usual with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, you can always pause the slideshow here and read our disclaimer in full. And if you're listening to a podcast wherever you are in this wonderful world of ours, you can head on over to marcustoday.com.au. And if you're not a member, you can sign up for a free trial there. And if you are a member, you can look around for all the other goodies and, of course, read the disclaimer on the website as well. All right, well, we had a pretty strong night in the U.S. Things turned around, and uh, we did see another volatile session, I guess, in the U.S. markets. We are seeing, as well at the moment, very low volume. So this is adding to the volatility. So something to bear in mind. Liquidity is starting to become... A little bit of an issue, not a massive issue, but certainly we are seeing quite low volumes in U.S. markets at the moment. Maybe that's because it is the start of holiday season in the U.S. and a lot of people on holidays, or maybe it's just because the market has turned a lot of people off. That volatility, those gyrations can be a bit nausea-inducing at times. So for the day, we have the Dow Jones up 435 points, or 1.33%, to 33,000 248, regaining the 33,000 level, which is good to see. It did have a range of uh, around 740-odd points. It closed on its highs, but it did have a 300-point loss at one stage. So once again, we are seeing that volatility to the max to some extent. But again, as I say, uh, low volumes in the US. NASDAQ up 2.69%, having a good day. 322 points, 12,317, and the S&P 500, uh, 4177, up 76 points, or 1.84%. So a good time for the S&P 500, which is in the middle for diddle, as usual. We did see a lot of Fed chiefs out and about last night. Luckily, that's not something we have here in Australia. We don't have the cats out and about meowing and trying to get attention from their owner or their master, which of course is uh, Federal Reserve Chief Jerome Powell or Joe Biden. But uh, certainly lots of Fed speak last night. We had Lael Brainard out and about as well. She is the Fed deputy, so uh, she carries a little bit more weight than some of the other hawks and doves that are out there. But certainly uh, she said that she didn't believe the Fed should pause rate hikes in September. Uh, pushing back against some of the other Fed heads that are out there as well. And uh, we did see uh, some private sector payrolls rising, 128,000 in May, which was well short of the near 300,000 expected. So maybe a little bit of cooling in the U.S. market happening at the moment, and maybe the Fed won't have to go quite as hard. As a result of all this, we saw the VIX index fall another point, or 3.78% to 25, so Coming back towards more normalized levels, the S&P uh, futures, SPY futures in our market up 77 points. So we have had a bit of a up, down, up, down kind of week. But it uh, looks like we're going to finish the week in some style, up 77 points or 1.07%. Looking across to commodities, last night we had uh, OPEC Plus meeting. There were some thoughts that maybe Russia was going to get kicked out of OPEC Plus to make it OPEC or OPEC minus, uh, perhaps, but uh, that didn't happen. And Saudi Arabia did actually agree to uh, increase supply. 
but uh, not by very much, and uh, that was enough to push the oil market higher at 1.14%, dollar 32, 117.61 US petrol prices, or gas as they call it there, hitting new record highs, and we are seeing some states starting to cut the excise duty to try and alleviate the pressures on consumers when they go to fill up with gas, especially during summer driving season, which we're in the middle of now. And more importantly, the biggest problem that the US faces is it is also the start of hurricane season. And we did see J.P. Morgan's Jamie Diamond uh, with his new weather forecast. He had another weather forecast a couple of weeks ago when he was a little bit more optimistic. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs probably was his uh, forecast. But yesterday uh, he was talking about the hurricane season and any disruption because of uh, hurricane season in the Gulf of Mexico in refining could push that oil price ever higher. So that is a concern. WTI, West Texas, was up $1.61, 1 1.4%, $116.87 US a tonne. Gold was a big mover and shaker last night, up 1.2%, $22.70, Iron ore was the big one, though, up 5.07%, $6.87, back up to $142.20. That Chinese stimulus starting to uh, affect uh, the iron ore price as we are seeing restocking post those lockdowns in Shanghai and Beijing, etc. Aussie dollar also on a bit of a tear, so that will negate some of the gold price rise and will negate some of the commodity price rise. 72.65, but money coming into the Aussie going out of the US, which is why the gold price was better. Other commodities last night, well, the LME was closed last night. It is uh, a four-day jamboree celebration of the Queen's Jubilee, Platinum Jubilee in the UK. So we did see London closed on Thursday. It will be closed on Friday as well. And there will be celebration pies and pints over the weekend uh, in focus there. Big kick to the US, uh, the UK economy rather. But commodity stocks though, Continue to trade. BHP in ADRs was up 5.6%. Rio up 3.5%. Freeport up 5.2%. Alcoa up 2.3%. Tech up 9.1%. Anglo unchanged. Glencore unchanged. Vale in the US up 2.6%. Arbamal, which is a lithium, US lithium stock. Uh, it is a bit of a barometer, I guess, of confidence in lithium stocks. Had been on the fall had been on the uh, been on the nose in previous two sessions, but last night was up 4.7%, so going a lot better there. Bodes well for our lithium stocks today, which could have a bit of a Friday book-squaring rally. Here you can see the S&P 500. It was one-way traffic all the way, all the way closing on its highs up 1.8%. We had the likes of Apple at 1.7%, Meta up 5.4%. This is after Sheryl Sandberg has uh, been uh, leaving the building. She has resigned, stepping back. Google up 3.3. Microsoft, despite a profit warning from Microsoft, was up 0.8. Now, they did warn profits were being affected by FX, the strong US dollar. So that's not really a demand side of things. That is an FX movement. The market took it initially a little bit bearish, but uh, underlying Demand for Microsoft products remains very high, apparently. And Microsoft was up 0.8% when the market worked out that 
really there's not much they can do about FX movements, and the strong dollar does hurt to some extent. Amazon up 3.1, Tesla up 4.7, Netflix, good night for them, 6.3% higher. US banks not really doing much, JP Morgan 1.6% higher, but Block had a big night last night, so that should help our buy now, pay later stocks, and that was up 6.8%. In terms of big stories overseas, U.S. stocks advancing as traders weigh mixed reports. There's so many mixed reports at the moment, uh, it is hard to get a handle on things, and that's why we're seeing that volatility. The jury is well and truly out, and it's been exaggerated, this volatility, by the fact that many traders have just stepped away and decided that it's all too hard, and volumes are somewhat low. The U.S. has praised OPEC Plus and Saudi Arabia for accelerating oil hikes. Did see the oil price go up, though. Federal officials back current strategy on policy tightening, and JP Morgan remains positive on stocks, citing depressed positioning and sentiment indicators in view that there will be no recession. Didn't uh, Jamie Dimon just say that there was a hurricane coming, and now you've got JP Morgan positive on stocks? No wonder the market is confused. Maybe Jamie is uh, as confused as the rest of us. RBC and Citi suggest markets may be too hawkish on ECB tightening. Given Germany and the Eurozone inflation is at record highs, or highs that we haven't seen since the normal data uh, that has been uh, part of the, of the landscape for a little while, um, it's hard to see how they can be too hawkish, but anyway, we'll see. Iron ore futures hit six weeks high, mills are replenished, inventory is ramped up, and production up as restrictions ease. And the EU efforts to approve partial ban on Russian oil imports <coughs> hit another snag after Hungary issued fresh demands. China state media talks up Shanghai reopening defends a zero COVID policy. Okay, what to expect today? Well, that volume in the US remains low. We did have London close last night. Uh, our volume probably expected to be relatively low as well today, but we will have a positive end to the week, that's for sure, which is good news. Uh, Spy future showing a a rise of 77, but the key will be BHP, Rio and Fortescue with that big iron ore price. We should see good gains there, which will drag the market higher. Also, we have seen that steadying of Arbomile, which is the US lithium producer. That will help our lithium stocks, which were relatively steady yesterday after the mighty drubbing that they got on Wednesday. Uh, more on Henry's take today on the lithium price. As everyone knows who listens to this podcast, I am still a lithium bull, and we'll be looking to add to our lithium positions at some stage. Microsoft cut its fourth quarter forecast for profit and revenue. But again, as I said earlier, that was on FX. And Federal Reserve Vice Chair Lyle Brainard said she saw no case for pausing the central bank's tightening campaign anytime soon. So Fed's still talking tough. Of course, we do have the RBA next week. So that should be kind of interesting to say the least. Uh, some analysts and economists are going for a 40 basis point rise from uh, Phil Lowe and his merry band of men. We've got housing finance today as well from Australia at 11.30. And of course, much is being made of the gas crisis at the moment. There's certainly a big jump in energy prices. Interestingly, it doesn't seem to be there's too many winners out there in terms of uh, who's doing well out of this gas crisis. We've seen Origin Energy this week got smashed on the back of their problem sourcing coal for their big power station at Araring on the uh, central coast up near Lake Macquarie. And uh, although they're doing quite well on LNG, a lot of those contracts are um, based on 
long-term pricing rather than spot pricing. So it's going to be interesting to see who does well out of this, but it can't be a bad thing to see higher energy prices for Woodside and Santos and Origin. At least it takes some of the pain away from sourcing that coal for their power stations. But certainly there is a gas crisis. This is a big test, I guess, of Chris Bowen and how he handles uh, this gas crisis. In terms of uh, yields, 10-year yields in the US are 2.9%, Australia 3.49%, Germany sneaking a little bit higher, 1.43%. And the BlackRock CEO Larry Fink says he expects inflation to remain elevated for several years. Well, you only have to look at the oil price to know that inflation is going to be accelerating, or certainly it's going to be part of the landscape for some time to come because it feeds through into everything in the supply chain, the food chain, everything which has got dependency on fossil fuels descended around the place. Bank of America's sell-side indicator, the SSI, fell to a two-year low in May and is now closer to a buy than a sell signal for the first time since September 2020. European markets were better last night. Stock 50 was up 1%, CAC up 1.3%, DAX up 1%, and of course the UK closed for those Jubilee celebrations. No sign of Harry and Meghan on the balcony. No sign of Prince Andrew either, who amazingly has gone down with a nasty case of COVID. Data showed Eurozone producer prices rose 1.2% from the previous month in April, which was below, this is important, below economists' expectations for a 2.3% rise. And Telstra is going to be hitting customers on mobile plans with a 4 to 5% increase on their monthly bills from July. A bit more on Telstra today in Henry's take as well. Question of the day today. What should the RBA do next week? Should we see a uh, hard kind of uh, 40 basis point rise or should we see a more modest 15 or even 25 basis point rise? What do you think the RBA should do next week to try and tame the inflation beast? Well, that's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Facebook discussion group. We'd love to have your thoughts, ideas and insights over there as usual. It's about 3,500 members plus joining all the time. We do get uh, a lot of people joining every day, so it's probably up to around 3,700. Who knows? But uh, a lot of people over there, and uh, it's a really great resource. Members helping members is the motto. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, then you could head to the Marcus Strategy Podcast, which is our fly-on-the-wall look at our morning meeting as the On The Desk podcast with the team in Melbourne, talking all things financial, and my On The Couch podcast. The recent one was on uranium and Alligator Energy from Greg Hall, the CEO of that company, which has been around a long time in the Northern Territory, but now has a project in South Australia called Samfire. Worth a listen if you're interested in the Iranian market. But that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening, and have a great weekend.